Hey, Collateral Cinema listeners, Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast, just taking a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. Much like Collateral Cinema, we are a grassroots podcast. We invite bands from all over the world to come in, and we dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. Tonight on the Director's Cut, we're talking our top five favorite weed-smoking movies for 420, and we will get into a random DVD review for Burial Ground, The Knights of Terror. Coming up next, the show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, which is very relevant to this episode. Right, Robert? Oh, yeah. So whatever you have, be it dabs, be it blunts, be it bongs, be it joints, smoke it if you've got it. Got it. Fuck yeah. How's it going, Robert? Oh, it's a good night. Oh, it's a great night, right? Oh, yeah. Can't complain, really. Yeah, I mean, you and I have pretty much been chilling out here, just shooting the shit, you know, talking about various topics, so to speak. future episodes and... Oh, yeah. Lots of future episodes, right? Yeah. All great ideas. Yeah, Yeah, we we literally have a full page of top five lists and other topics to get into on the director's cuts. So we're really, really excited to bring all of that to you, our listeners and everything. And tonight we have another interesting top five list, right, Robert? Yes, the top five. Smoker's Choice, I'm going to call it. <laughs> Smoker's Choice. Yeah, I call it our top five favorite weed-smoking movies. Now, there these are just movies that are not necessarily stoner movies, although I think you picked quite a few stoner movies, probably. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I didn't pick was Harold and Kumar and White Castle. Yeah, but we're doing an actual episode on that. Well, no, actually, we're doing Up in Smoke. Forgive She's, me. Yeah, our yeah. actual collateral sim is going to be up in smoke. Yeah, we might save Harold and Kumar for next year, probably. Another 420 episode. Yeah, but Robert, what to you is a decent movie to smoke weed to? What criteria would you go by for that? A decent movie? Um, I wouldn't necessarily mean like movies in general or... You know, I I mostly like television series, like originals. I just binge watch. Like especially when you're smoking weed and everything? Yeah, like, yeah, like Netflix original. I'm sorry, I got into that. I know you hate Netflix. (laughs) I don't hate Netflix. I just don't really watch them. Not too much? Not too much at all. I used to watch a lot of Netflix back in the day, but not so much now. I just have a subscription to Shudder. Shudder? Oh, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to have that subscription if you're into any type of horror or thrillers or alternative cinema in any oh, you variety. Know, you know what I binged off the Netflix series, Smoking Weed, too, is Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad Breaking is Bad actually excellent smoking shit. The shit. Which is ironic because it's all about that meth. But <laughs> yeah, it is meth. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. Maybe watching Entourage. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but my criteria is is just any type of movie that you put on roll up a doobie or twist up a blunt or load up a bong or anything like that and you just have a blast getting high to it it actually kind of helps to accentuate your high a little bit right like our former episode how high exactly yeah we've done a few 420 episodes on the main yeah. podcast like we did super troopers which we watched yeah. super troopers 2 i should say watched that at the movies we watched that at yeah. the movie theaters that was one of our at the theater episodes and we also did how high that was a lot of fun we need to go back and watch that just yeah. to celebrate this month. Yeah, and we did Half-Baked with Chaz Rab, who's going to be back for our Up in Smoke episode. Is he? I'm going to hold him to that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we, we're trying to make it a tradition to have Chaz from Trial by Error on every, at, at least one stoner movie for the month of 420. You know? Or just one of his picks, like the way he chills. What was that bloody zombie movie? Oh, the zombie movie? Zombie Honeymoon. Zombie Honeymoon. Yeah, I remember doing that with him. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to have him come up with another choice and come to us like that. I mean, that, that was an interesting choice. It was a lot yeah. different. It's one of the few zombie movies we've done on this podcast, yeah. other than House of the Dead. Which all of these episodes I am bringing up, you could totally find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Chill Lover Radio, and wherever else you get your podcasts. So you might as well get a little plug in for all of that right plug, now, right? Plug it all. And I guess we'll go ahead and get into our top five lists for our favorite weed smoking movies. And just like last time, I'm pretty sure, we're going to go ahead and start with Robert. Robert, what is your number five favorite weed smoking movie? My number five is going to be The Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that's a great movie, man. Classic with, American. With, based, off, based off a novel, in fact, right? Really? Yeah. What was the novel like? Have you ever read it? I have never read it, but I think I watched it on TV, adapted and yeah, yeah. the screenplay. I got yeah. to see some of the screenplay. Yeah. Honestly, I've maybe only seen Ridgemont High like once or twice. Really? It's kind of it's hazy. Yeah. yeah, it's hazy to me a little bit. No pun intended. I mean, it's just not really one of the first movies I think about when it comes to smoking weed, which is weird because, you know, it has Spicoli, which is like the er example of a stoner. Surfer, like a Z-Boy surfer, dude. Yeah, yeah. Z-Boy surfer, stoner, stoner dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Dogtown and Z-Boys. Exactly. That's a great movie, by the way. Also a great documentary, yeah. Lords of Dogtown. Lord, yeah, they made a movie of that, too. Shit. Yes, I highly recommend that everybody check that movie out. But, Robert, why does Fast Times at Ridgemont High, other than the stoner angle with Spicoli, why is that such a great weed-smoking movie for you? It just reminds you of all the times you had in high school, really. Yeah. That, a lot of movies kind of, like, live up to the, you know. Yeah, definitely. That uh, That's kind of what's great about Fast Times, is it works as both a high school movie and a stoner, stoner movie. Stoner movies, yeah. And you it's know? like... No, you're right. From the 80s, there's a lot of high school stoners, especially with John Cusack, did a lot of 80s movies. But it just reminds you of like where the times come and go, you know what I mean? Definitely. It, it's got yeah. that nostalgia element yeah. to it. It's like right after school ends, it's all over, then yeah, what, oh, that's it. Yeah, is that movie, refresh my memory, does that happen in everybody's senior year? Are they about to graduate? Uh, for some seniors, freshmen, 
and uh, oh, that, that's juniors. Right. That's right. It actually yeah. it actually kind of covers all of the different uh, yeah. phases of high school. It's like everybody just moving on to the next level. You know, yeah, I got you. To. Well, right on, man. That, yeah, that's a good choice, honestly. There, it really is. My number five is coming straight from Tromaville, which I don't remember. Have we talked about Troma on this podcast before other than Hectic Knife? No, like, we never really got into the whole Troma thing. Yeah, but my favorite weed-smoking movie from Troma, which, to be fair, any movie, especially made by Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hertz, you know, they are total weed-smoking movies. But my favorite is the Class of Nukem High series. It's just so zany, so over-the-top. So much is going on in each and every one of those movies that, I mean, it's, it's not unlike any other Lloyd Kaufman movie, but to me, that's him at his most joyous and his most, what's the word, on point, I guess you could say, right? Like right after the first Toxic Avenger. So, yeah, and he did a lot of movies like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's lots of other movies that are also good to smoke to when it comes to trauma movies but i mean i just feel like this movie is everything that trauma is about and more especially yeah. the the sequels it just builds <clears throat> upon all of that yeah when i first saw it i saw it on netflix man i clicked it because it was like 80s right and i i clicked it and i'm like it's the best thing i've ever seen really outside the toxic avenger the toxic avenger was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And you can find those on Netflix. And I was just clicking one up right after the other, right? Just they're, not knowing they're on Netflix watching. now? Really? Back when I first saw it, they were all together. I was like, wow. And some on Netflix, some on Amazon Prime, you know. But I know that there's a bunch of trauma movies that are totally free to stream on YouTube right yeah. now. At this moment, yeah, you can f probably find any, any pretty, trauma you want. It's pretty much most all of their top films, right? Yeah. Yeah. I still want to see Poultry Geist, man. Night of the Chicken Dead. Yeah, I want to watch that. Oh, man, that looks like a lot of fun. We're going to watch that. We have to. If, even if we, one of us has to buy it. Seriously. I mean, either that or maybe they have it for free on their YouTube channel. Mm. I don't know. Maybe we need to check it out. I see this theater like a Mr. Science Theater review about it. Oh, that would be pretty awesome. They honestly. sell that on DVD too. And I think they're viewing that on YouTube right now. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, Class of Nukem High though, I mean, it has everything you could ask for. It's perfect to twist up a joint or fill up a pipe or something like that yeah. and just go all out. It's it's perfect for that. And I highly recommend checking out the entire series. Yeah. That, that, that's why I didn't just pick one Class of Nukem High movie. Exactly. I mean, the like, verse is an amazing thing. It really is. It's, it's a very multifaceted universe, honestly. And it's, it's awesome that Kaufman and Hertz created it. It is amazing. Right on, man. Right on. All right. So, Robert, what is your number four favorite weed-smoking movie? My number four would have to be Grandma's Boy. Oh, hell yeah, man. I love that movie. Especially since it's both an ode to gaming and an ode to weed smoking, yep. in a way. I thought about Collateral Gaming instantly. instantly <laughs> yeah, yeah. L little shout out to Collateral Gaming. Yep. Check, yeah, check them out wherever yep. you get your podcasts. How to plug you guys. Got Yeah, we got to give them a plug, you know. But yeah, 
that's one of the few Adam Sandler produced movies that I actually really enjoy. Like, I don't know. I mean, Happy Madison to me is a very hit and miss kind yeah. of studio, yeah, it is. more or less. Yeah. But for the most part, it's this movie is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Every time I watch it, it's really f- easy to get through. I mean, you pretty much know all of the storyline hits and points and everything. And we, the characters are actually a lot of fun. Weed smoking, just game testers, loving their job, dude. That's yeah. Just, that is pretty cool. And I'm sure that there's a lot of truth to that in the game developer and game testing industry. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, that's a very hectic and very, very hard, or should I say difficult to work for industry. You G4, know? bro? Ah! I remember G4. G4 and 420? Fuck. It, it's sad that G4 had to fade away like it I did. No, man. It really is. I feel I'm, like it could have lasted forever, just video game reviews. Like, yeah, it could have. But, but as far as the state of the gaming industry is nowadays, there's lots of crunch involved. People are working double overtime to make deadlines. It's, it, it's not an ideal situation, but this right here, Maybe it's indicative of a more innocent time in the industry where maybe working for a game company was kind of fun and childlike like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not in the industry. I can't really say one way or the other, but I would imagine even now it probably takes a shit ton of weed smoking to fucking do that job. Yeah, a lot. It has to. I mean, especially with all of the idiosyncrasies involved with that job, but... As far as the movie itself is concerned, oh, God damn, it's so much fun. Like, that has uh, Mama Partridge in it, right? What was her name? Oh, she from Everybody Loves Raymond, right? Everybody Loves Raymond. It wasn't Florence Henderson, right? There's, I don't know. That, that's through. the Brady mom, right? No. No, it wasn't in there. No, no, no. It's like Florence Henderson, I'm pretty yeah. sure she's Mama Partridge. What old actors. Oh, Partridge. I didn't watch that series. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if we are incorrect here, go ahead and by all means correct us us. on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. But Danny Partridge. (laughs) Danny Partridge. (laughs) Danny Bonaducci, you mean? Danny Bonaducci. Oh, that motherfucker. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. How to say that? Oh, my Lord. But yeah, that is an enjoyable movie. It's really unique especially compared to other happy madison happy movies Mad- yeah but that's what it is yeah i i like that movie a lot like what, what are your favorite parts of that movie that makes it perfect for weed smoking just when they're all playing video games and having a party up in his grandma's house and oh that was know? really fucking and fun everybody's testing his latest video game right <laughs> everybody yeah yeah and his grandma demonic right <laughs> Oh, yeah. His grandma, played by, what was her name? Doris. Everybody's Raymond, Mother Rich. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Her, that, that, that lady. Yeah, she was so perfect for that role. And I loved how she ended up proving what happened in the storyline, proving that her grandson made the game and everything. Yeah, he was trying to steal the game. But also, just the main character himself is so relatable. If you're into playing video games and getting high and whatnot, it's it's pretty spot on. Oh, yeah. 
definitely. Like I, I, I highly recommend that movie, and I'm sure you do as well. Watch that movie, 420. And I'm going to highly recommend my number four, which I think is one of the top stoner movie of all time. And that is Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Robert, what are your favorite memories of this movie? Probably Will Ferrell's moment when they're all chasing the monkey and they ended up on the set of Scream. Man, that was one of Will Ferrell's real breakout roles in a movie, I think. It was actually a really, really funny character. Freaking alerts. It's because he's really taking his job seriously. As a Ferrell wildlife marshal. Yeah, <laughs> and he's so formal about it. Like, there's that one scene where he's uh, hanging out with, I think it's Judge Reinhold or Judd Nelson or somebody who does yeah. that. Judd Reinhold is it's, an actor, but it says Reinhold, too. It, it's Judge Reinhold. He's yeah. the sheriff, right? Yeah, that's freaking hilarious. Yeah, he plays the sheriff, and he just treats Will Ferrell with absolute contempt. It's hilarious, man. Fucking hilarious. And... Of course, Jay and Silent Bob themselves are fantastic in this movie. So many great quotes. I mean, my brother and I, to this day, will still do the fuck, fuck, mother, motherfuck, fuck, motherfuck, motherfuck, noise, noise, noise. We'll still do that line of dialogue, and it is so classic. Clerks 2, that's hilarious. Clerks 2 is great, right? Freaking funny, just just like the original. Yeah, I mean, you can't live up to the original. I mean, I like how it was shot in black and white. The original Clerks? Yeah. yeah. Clerks is fantastic, I think. It's a great movie, classic. I have pretty much all of the VUSQ universe movies. Like, I even have the movie Vulgar, which is kind of more of a disturbing comedic thriller more than the, anything. The mole rats, the chasing Amy, all that in order. Yeah, Chasing Amy is fucking fantastic. I watched all of that, too. Yeah, I love that movie. I, I love all of Kevin Smith's classic movies, honestly. Mm. I really do. Gotta watch them all in order, but dude. to me, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, it is the ultimate love letter to his fans. That's really what it is. It's pretty much everything that made the VUS universe really, really fun and interesting to watch and it just condensed it all into one movie they had to take their rights back from hollywood because they were making a movie about them right exactly (laughs) that's what was happening it's like we're here to take the rights back because you sold it without our signing yeah which is kind of fucked up especially since they were the actual inspirations for the blunt man and chronic characters i mean it's actually really understandable why they're going through what they're going through like i really don't blame them right (laughs) bless you (laughs) yeah sorry about that guys (laughs) yeah but anyway what are your thoughts on jay and silent bob strikes back i think it was funny right at the end with the bong sabers (laughs) oh my god with mark hamill as (laughs) cock knocker (laughs) dude what the fuck right oh he was perfect he was amazing in that role. But to me, that's like up there with his role as Luke Skywalker and Joker. Yeah, as far I, as think, I'm I think he actually laughed like the Joker. Seriously, Luke, it, it's like Luke Skywalker, Joker, and Cockknocker for me when it comes to Mark Hamill's overall greatest roles. Like, honestly. And Corvette Summer. Can't forget that. Oh, Corvette Summer is great with Annie Potts. Greatest thing ever. Right? Oh, fuck yeah, man. 
So that's an amazing movie. Go get my Corvette. Yeah, that works as both a car movie and as a romantic comedy. Yeah. It's, re- it's really cool. 70s car movie. Fits right in there, right? Yeah, and it's Annie Potts that's driving the shagging wagon shagging in that wagon. movie, right? That's yeah. her car, right? It's the Dumb Dumber van, the shagging wagon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's the one who's driving that shit, which is awesome. Only it's not a sheepdog, but yeah, pretty close. Yeah, but I really, really like his role in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. And uh, doesn't James Vanderbeek and who else? Oh, the guy from American Pie. Guy from American Pie. Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs. Yeah, <laughs> they, they play a cameo appearance as the actors that are playing Jay and Silent Bob in the yeah. Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Like you're the Dawson. Oh, it's, it's amazing when they meet each other and they're complete die staff counterparts, kind of, more or less. Hilarious. I it's don't like, know. That might not be the right terminology for it. It's like. You actually watch that show, dude? Like, <laughs> should have drowned in pacing that fucking lake, dude. Oh my god, really? That's hilarious. I remember that on the WB. And I, I know Jason Biggs is all fucking kind so, of uptight about his, his legacy. And American Pie being the guy that fucked that pie. Yeah, I mean, he, he pretty much did all of the main American Pie movies, right? Other than mm. the direct to DVD ones. Yeah, well, he, yeah, not the band camp, something he was older and then. Went off to college right after the second one. Yeah, but that makes sense. All these other band camps and beta house, that's kind of like weird and stupid. That's kind of like Stifler's younger brother going through all that, really. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did, didn't they have movies focused on Stifler's uh, brother? Yeah. Oh, and totally boy. on the Stifler family in general. Just <laughs> just being sorority thing. You know? Oh, my God. I, I imagine that is an insufferable fucking family. <laughs> a, a whole thing to keep up with, actually. Beta House, The Naked Mile. Like, you gotta watch those in order to, like, yeah. Okay, it's the whole Stifler thing. I really haven't seen most of those movies, so I can't really say one way or the other. Yeah. See, I got into that probably off the the Euro trips and the, the road trips series, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, but Robert, what's your favorite scene from Jay and Son of Bob Strikes Back? Favorite scene? Yeah, or line of dialogue in general. Like, like what, what's what's the one thing from that movie that stands out the most to you? Probably when they're on a manhunt chasing a uh, right in the whole Hollywood. And yeah, they're, yeah, they're and, and, and they're they're in the Hollywood backlot yeah, and everything. And they're, they're filming like Scream Three or something with Shannon Doherty. With Shannon Doherty, <laughs> and, and then it turns out it's it's the, the fucking pops the, the out of the costume. <laughs> It's just like fucking Miramax. The Wes Craven's like yeah, Miramax. <laughs> Fucking oh my god! Yeah, it had Wes Craven in a Wes, guest appearance. Wes was in the back, and also didn't have Gus Van Sant in one movie. Duh. Like he, he was directing the uh, the Goodwill Hunting two movie. That's what oh. he was doing. Oh, they were on set with the hunting season two. Oh my yeah, god. hunting season. <laughs> oh my god, we forgot that, dude. <laughs> oh. oh my lord, that is so fucking classic, dude. Let me tell you. I mean, m- one of my favorite things from that scene, and I, if I ever am in the same room as Ben Affleck, I am totally going to say this to him. I'm going to just totally say, like, hey, Affleck, you were the bombs and phantoms, yo. You're the bomb. You were the bombs and phantoms, yo. Bomb, Affleck. <laughs> you and Casey, Affleck are the shit. Oh, totally, man. I uh, mean, shit. But him and Matt Damon, they also Damon. did a cameo in that movie, which was a lot of fun. They grew up together. I think they played baseball, right? And also, you know, they had Shannon Elizabeth in that movie. George Carlin had a role in that movie. Shannon Elizabeth, great. 
Didn't Eliza Dishku have one, a role in that? One of the chicks from Buffy, right? Yeah. She was another Slayer. Yeah, yeah. She was yeah. one of the uh, the ladies that was with yeah. Justice. And yeah. Another chick from Final Destination, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm right, right? Definitely. I think so. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Dope. But, yeah, that's my number four favorite stoner movie. Robert, what is your number three? My number three smoker's choice would have to be oh, the Dazed and Confused movie. Dazed and Confused. Oh, man. I remember when I first watched this movie with my brother. It was really, really striking to me. I mean, he was really going for a truly realistic portrayal of teenagers at that particular time. At, at the 70s, like 1977, 19, the tricentennial era. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And that had some interesting characters and exchanges throughout that movie. Like, of course, there's the classic Matthew McConaughey line, you know, that's what I love about high school girls. I keep getting older, they stay the same age, which exactly. is intensely creepy. When is... Creepy shit. Very <laughs> creepy shit to say. I mean, that guy has to be at least 35 or something like that, right? But his car is dope. You see that? <laughs> yeah, he had a dope you see that? car. You see that Chevelle? And, Before, and I mean... 454. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. Black Chevelle. And he ended up getting that redhead girl's number. Oh. It's like, no, Chico, what are you doing? Cute little redhead. It's like, no, what are you doing, girl? There was another one. Their friend, they were driving a Pontiac uh, Judge. Yeah. A GTO Judge. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. got a 400 block, probably with a four-bolt rear end. Right on. Dude, that'll do some damage. Fuck yeah. And this was one of Mila Jovovic's first movies, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was uh, one of the stoner hippie girls in the movie. The Resident Evil girl, yeah. Yeah, yeah, She's, totally. She barely has any lines, you're right. She does, but she really... It's, yeah, it's kind of all their breakout roles at that point, you know, from uh, Jeremy London, Ben Affleck, then the guy, Adam something, uh, Adam Goldberg, yeah. I mean, he, he did save Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that. Glad I can remember that. Thank you, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right. And now for my number three choice on the my, our top five favorite weed smoking movies. Ninja Scroll. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go the anime route. I'm going to choose Ninja Scroll. This is a fun little gory ninja anime it's about this one ninja named jubei he's just kind of a traveling ninja he ends up embroiled in this story of intrigue where his formal rival of his ends up being the leaders of like these i think it's either seven or eight ninja warriors and he has to pretty much fight all of them and he ends up having to fight his uh, buddy from back in the day who ended up betraying him, and he had to kill him and everything, but he resurrected himself. Well, I've, I've never seen the. I've never seen Ninja Scroll. Yeah, I kind of figured. I Honestly, I could have sworn that I actually showed you Ninja Scroll, right? I think I've seen your DVD, but I never actually watched it. I mean, yeah. I yeah. wasn't really a big old anime fan, really. Yeah, I'm a total old-school otaku. I mean, I'm not a weeaboo to the level of, like, having a waifu pillow or anything like that. 
You know, I'm, I'm not <laughs> at that level, but I do have right next to me a huge stack of anime DVDs. Like, seriously, it's almost like I'm sitting down, it's almost shoulder high to me. It's a towering inferno right here. It really is. It's a tower of anime DVDs, and that's not even all that I have. But this movie right here is just so much fun to me because it's the first really gory, fucked up kind of sexualized anime that I ever really watched, you know? That was the first time my brother and I saw, like, beheadings and blood and, you know, fucking and all that shit in an anime movie. And it has all of that, Robert. I mean, seriously, you need to see this shit. It's really awesome, honestly. You'd have to show it to me at one point then, yeah. You know what? Maybe after this, (laughs) I might go ahead and turn it on. Yes, I'm going to turn it on after this. After we record this podcast, you're totally watching that movie, goddammit. We still got Muckbusters to turn on. Plenty of Muckbusters, bro. Yeah, you're right. We got to do Muckbusters. Got to. Who else is going to, right? Yeah, which is going to be a list in the future, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's the movies nobody gives credit towards oh certainly we're just gonna review them because it's i keep wanting to buy them and bo doesn't want me to get them oh <laughs> <laughs> god damn it i keep buying them. it's like dude what other mockbusters you just bring <laughs> it's like what the fuck did you just bring what into my fuck? studio god damn it what the hell what like, the fuck is this like, shit? bro it's cool don't worry about it <laughs> god damn it <laughs> fuck dude. all right we're gonna go ahead and go into our number two picks robert what is your number two favorite weed smoking movie mine would have to be the Netflix original series, Trailer Park Boys. Oh, Trailer Park Boys, bro. God damn. Yeah. You only really showed me a little bit of that series. so Probably like season one pilot opening to season two. But. Yeah, so I'm only like vaguely familiar with Trailer Park Boys for the most part. I mean, what is your best summary of the series? Oh, man. Just all around good, fun time to have. Yeah, from what I've seen, the characters are a lot of fun and somewhat relatable, even. It's kind of like each season you grow with a character. Like, if you yeah. grow up with it, like, that show came out in, like, 2001. It's, yeah. It's lasted for as long as it has with movies and 420 episodes and traveling the world, you know, too. Yeah, and pretty much the premise of the entire series is there are a bunch of buddies who grew up kind of like growing weed with each other and selling weed and everything, yeah. right? Canadian show. Um, nobody wants to get a real job. Yeah, so they just get into the weed game. Weed or just <laughs> stealing barbecues. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Respray printing them, reselling them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to the best of my memory, I really have nothing bad to say about this series. No, we'll watch it more. You'll love it. Yeah, but- I really need to see more of it. So, so hey, I, I have to show you Ninja Scroll. You got to show me more Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park. You'll love it. There you go. We're kind of kind of a tit for tat right You'll there. You'll be wishing, like, dude, why haven't I seen this yet? <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. So, what qualities of Trailer Park Boys do you think is conducive to weed smoking, other than the obvious things? Mostly uh, Ricky's state of mind and him just going overboard and being mental and the fact that he needs to join it every second just to take the edge off. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of just course. go crazy if we don't have that. That's what I'm thinking. No, I know it. I go crazy. I mean, I'm edgy. Yeah. And, I don't know, lots of anxiety. Yeah, I, I feel you, bro. I feel you. But a beer, take the edge off, beer too. Yeah. 
Yeah, and some whiskey. Right, Robert? Hey, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my number two favorite weed-smoking movie is a parody movie, actually. And it's not what everybody is thinking. It's a parody of old-school martial arts movies. And that would be Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Robert, this movie is so much fun for me, man. I don't know about you, but I just love all of the goofy humor in this film. What about you? Oh, yeah, that was a time for me, too, man. Especially all the stuff at the movies, just with the Matrix and all the the parodies from, like, a scary movie, Deuce Bigelow. (laughs) Yeah, man. This movie, to me, it has such a silly, lighthearted tone that, you know, even the cruder parts of the humor, like, I mean, you can't really take it all that seriously, honestly, but that's what makes it so funny. It's so tongue-in-cheek about everything, right? Oh, yeah. It's like you're watching a Bruce Lee film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a brutal parody of Bruce Lee movies. It's pretty much like the Chinese connection in Fist of Fury. Made yeah. Made Golden One Day. And, and it was made by the guy who made the God Thumb uh, series. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen those DVDs where they have, like, a bunch of thumbs and it has, like, the little uh, eyes and mouth and everything. And they're, like, reimagining the humorous parody of, like, The Godfather or Star Wars or whatever. This is the same guy that made that, Steve Odekirk. And that's kind of the whole thing with the tongue, tonguey. You know, he that that's a similar effect that he's used on thumbs before. And he went ahead and had this idea to take footage from an old school martial arts movies from the mid 70s and just make an entirely new movie that was just a send up of the genre. Robert, what are the most memorable parts of this movie to you? I know you've seen it more than a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the Jekas movie that year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those were both good movies to see in the theaters. I I saw both of them in the theaters at that time. I remember that time. But but specifically Kung Pao. Like, I mean, what are your thoughts on that movie? (laughs) Oh, man. Probably in the beginning where they raid his village and raid his hut. And then they they try to fight the little baby. They try to fight the baby. It's like (laughs) a knockoff version of CGI. It's like. Yeah, no kidding. It's still cool. It's still funny. And. Oh, man, you just can't stop laughing for the life of you, I guess. It really is. Like, <laughs> th- there's the scene where he fights that cow. Yeah, where it turns into the Matrix, too. <laughs> kind of yeah. like, like, oh, I forgot a scary movie at that time, right? It was doing shit like that. <laughs> Matrix with the scream. Seriously. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and get to our number one favorite weed-smoking movies of all time. Robert, I'll go ahead and let you go first. What's your number one? My number one choice would have to be something we already probably reviewed. No, I th- I th- yeah, the Slummy Party Massacre series. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great review that we did. We, we, we pretty did. much did the uh, review of the first movie and an overview of the sequels, like, right? Yeah, like the second and part three. We just yeah. kind of went into that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mainly reviewing part one, yeah. Oh, that was really, really cool, and man. I'm pretty sure that was one of my choices, right? 
Yeah, that yeah. that was your choice. You, you brought that to the podcast. Yeah, because I bought the bundle pack. I'm like, dude, we should fucking just do this anyway. Yeah, and all three of those movies are so watchable in so many ways. Oh, yeah. I'm still watching them. Like. Especially the first movie. I totally understand how that is an awesome smoking movie. I mean, it has everything you need when it comes to old school slasher style movies, you know? I mean, it's got the TNA, it's got the blood, it, it's actually got some solid writing to it, and also some decent acting, I think. Yeah, original thriller killer. Yeah, especially from the main killer. Like, he, he actually had an amazing performance in that movie. I want to recreate something like that, possibly. Yeah, if awesome. We if we can. <laughs> yeah. And... If you want to hear a little more about Slumber Party Massacre and its sequels, you should totally check out our episode from Season 2. It's closer towards the end of the season. You'll find it wherever you get your podcasts. So if you need any more info on that from us, check that episode out. Right, Robert? Oh, yeah. It's a great episode. You'll love it. And my number one is actually something that we reviewed not too long ago, although it's the entire series. And that's the Sleepaway Camp series, especially the first two movies. Yeah. The first movie is great because it's so memorable, so quotable, and so iconic, yet there's kind of a heart to it, you know? Like, you're really made to empathize with Angela's character. Exactly. Only to find out that she's not who she seems and she's been killing everybody. Hey, Angela, why you so fucked up? Why are you so fucked up? I mean, what the fuck's the matter with you? <laughs> hey, Angela. Angela. Why do all the boys talk to Angela, not me? What, what does Angela got? What does Angela have? Angela, why are you so fucked up? <laughs> I mean, oh, my Lord. So many memorable scenes from that movie. I mean, I think we touched upon it a little bit in our first uh, director's cut episode. We touched on the first movie a little bit. Yeah, we uh, did Sleepaway Camp uh, 2 on one of the director's cuts, didn't we? Yeah, and that's a movie that's even more fun to watch if you're high because it's just Uh, so silly. It is, yeah. The Springsteen, the Estevez, and... I actually kind uh, of compare it to the second Slumber Party Massacre movie because that's a movie that's really tongue-in-cheek and silly yeah. and, and everything. See, we need to get part three because Netflix yeah. and uh, Amazon Prime used to have all three of them back-to-back. Aw, man, and, and they stopped showing them? Yeah, dude, we can't even get part three anymore. Aw, damn have it. To, we have to buy that. Isn't part three kind of a mishmash of, like, she- unfinished scenes and everything? Um... Actually, no. It's a whole other thing with another camp. Oh, like okay. Angela, she takes somebody else's identity and becomes another. She she becomes a camper instead of a counselor this time. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, she takes uh, the identity. Oh, sorry. Th- th- that's right. At the beginning of that movie, she the kills. Dump truck. Remember that dude? Yeah, she kills that one girl with the dump truck. Yeah. Totally <laughs> takes her identity. Oh, goes, my Lord. Goes to camp and. It's so out of left field. And and then there's a tag saying Angela's back. It's like, what the fuck? Hilarious. Who in the hood is tagging anything about this white girl killer? I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) We gotta watch that. Oh, man. I've seen at least the Cinema Snob episode on it. And that was very entertaining and informative as far as the 
movie is concerned. And yeah, it's a great series for getting high to, especially the first movie and the second movie with all its uh, 80s isms to it, you know? Oh, even the rock and roll, like, what is it? Freddy takes Manhattan rock and roll, dude. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it kind of had that, had that element to yeah, it. Yeah, that total vibe was just great, dude. The final chapter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that concludes our list of the top five favorite weed smoking movies. That was a pretty good list, right? Actually, one of the best. Oh, totally. We highly recommend you check out all of these movies. I mean, sure, you can find them streaming yeah, most anywhere, I YouTube, guess. YouTube. If, if, yeah. you, if you can't, buy it. Definitely. Because that's yeah. what we did. Buy those movies. <laughs> buy them. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we are going to review the 70s Italian zombie exploitation classic Burial Ground or The Night of Terrors. Stay tuned. This one's going to be a lot of fun. I like both those titles, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> we'll see you in a few. with our random DVD review of Burial Ground, The Knights of Terror. This is an awesome, sleazy, exploitative Italian zombie movie. Robert, what did you think when you first saw this movie? I'm the one who showed this to you, right? Yeah, that was probably like a year or two ago. You know, I, th I thought it was just watching uh, like a throwback to George Romero's Night Living Dead, right? And but Re Return of the Living Dead, in fact, right? All that Romero stuff. Yeah, it kind of has a little bit of that feel to it, I think. I mean, but Italian zombie movies, they've always had their own quality to them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're always a little grungier, you know? Like, the zombies are a little more decayed, and they're a little mm. more prone to actually come out of their grave and everything. Slow. You know? Romero zombies just walk into... Yeah, they're very mm. slow, especially in, like, the Fultzy zombie movies, like, especially in, like, Zombie 2. The zombies are very slow. There's this methodical 
jungle beat going on in the background and everything, but it still has a good little buildup to it. But this movie right here, it kind of goes straight into the action, both when it comes to the sexy stuff, so to speak, and the gory zombie stuff. Like, Robert, what really stood out to you when it came to this movie? Probably just the zombies coming out of their graves, you know. I don't think I've ever seen that yet. And, yeah. And what is this, early 1981, 82? This is, yeah, I, I want to say that this is maybe early 80s, like 80, 81, maybe earliest 79. Yeah. The beginning of this is really perfect, but just slowly coming out of the graves. This, to me, is still a quintessentially 70s zombie movie to yeah. me. It's definitely up there, as far as I'm concerned, with stuff like, you know, Zombie Holocaust and Zombie 2 by Fultzy, or yeah. even something like House by the Cemetery. What's like zombie versus cannibals or cannibals? Yeah, that that's zombie holocaust. Zombie it's, holocaust. It, yeah. It's literally just zombie two and Campbell Holocaust kind of mashed together. Redneck zombies. Redneck zombies. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's trauma right there. Yeah, we, there we'll we'll be getting into stuff like that at another date. But this movie is really, really unique in many ways, mainly because of the inclusion of this character. He's supposed to be a 12-year-old boy or something like that. And he, in reality, he's this 26-year-old man. He was His name was Peter Bark. And he has this really, really strange look to him that's almost like kind of a man-child in a way, like right? A, like a 12-year-old boy, you know, in fact. But he still obviously looks like a man, you know, he, he still has an adult quality to him that is just really uncanny. Like Frankie? <laughs> uh, like, no. He's referring to one of our our founding members. Our founding father members. <laughs> yeah, one of our founding members, Frankie. Who, who totally ditched us and left us hanging. Uh, well, we, we'll get him back on the podcast someday, I'm sure. But anywho, Robert, this is the first Italian zombie movie you've seen, right? Yeah. So far, when yeah, you showed it to me. Yeah, it's the first one ever. Yeah, right on. Now, what do you think of the gore effects in this movie? I think that it's some of the better gore that I've seen in a movie from Italy. Like, when it comes to Giallo's or the cannibal movies, it, it has gore that's kind of comparable to something like, say, Lucio Fultzi's The Beyond or... Um, Ruggiero Diodato's Cannibal Holocaust, right? Yeah, I'm really used to watching the American versions of anything, but, you know, they, they take their depiction from all the other foreign films, right? Don't they? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, a lot of gory cinema from foreign countries has really had a real impact on American horror. Mm. You know, especially when it comes to, like, Giallo's, like, Argeno's work or... You know, something a little more rugged like Diodato. I mean, you could definitely see that influence throughout the American horror community, I think. It's the greatest thing ever. Italian zombie flicks. It really is. But going back to Peter Bark and his character, this kid has some 
not so kosher encounters with his mom, right? Mama. Mama. <laughs> I mean, it's really creepy, but also, I mean, from the character's point of view, maybe a bit understandable because he's obviously a really clingy mama's boy type child, right? Yeah, all the way through. All the way through. And yeah, there's a scene where he ends up getting to third base with his mom out of nowhere. I mean, it's like, I don't know why the director, Andre Bianchi, I don't know why he had to add all of that into this movie. I mean, it just adds an extra layer that's just memorable yet creepy as fuck. Incestual. And and, and it leads to a scene where I, I think one of the YouTube videos we were watching called it the, the kid Michael giving his mom a breast reduction with his teeth. Oh my god. So to speak. Yeah, yeah. The this woman's breast is bit off by this man child zombie thing. <laughs> The interesting thing is, is that this actor, Peter Bark, this was his only role ever. This is it for him. Look it up on IMDb. There it is. Yeah, that's it. He, he never appeared in anything after this, but I mean, what a what an appearance, right? Pretty damn good that it was his first time and he you know made a film. Yeah, I know. Right. What do you think about how the movie looks cinematography wise robert it's kind of in line with a lot of movies from that era from that particular region i think yeah i'm thinking like Wes craven stuff from way back in his day except i would argue maybe in the beginning i would argue maybe a little more colorful just than, the cinematography in the opening that's yeah what i'm really talking about you know? yeah in the opening and especially uh, the scenes where all the couples are actually arriving at the chateau or yeah. mansion that they're at or whatever and these zombies like like i said before they're of the variety that comes out of the grave more or less they're they're rotting they have a bunch of like maggots all over their face which oh. apparently was real maggots not just mealworms real maggots yeah i mean the italians didn't fuck around they 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 would fucking throw maggots at their fucking uh, actors. It, it, they didn't care. Like for reference, look up "House by the Cemetery" by uh, Lucio Fulci. Like that's a crazy one. Either that or the Beyond. I don't remember what maggot scene. And, and Dario Argento had a scene where there was a bunch of maggots falling off the ceiling and everything. Damn. So, yeah, I mean that has been used a lot in Italian cinema. And this movie uses that to full effect. Right, Robert? Hell yeah, man. Now, what do you think about the gore effects? They're very gushy, very kind of... Yeah. You know, they're very bloody. Like I, I like that scene where the maid gets her hand stuck by the zombie with like a railroad tie or something like that, oh, and yeah. she's uh, beheaded with a scythe. Yeah, I was gonna say that right after you said that. That's oh, a really, really intense scene we because the, I mean, you, you just you you can really see the terror in her eyes when that happens, and and eventually one of the guys that are holed up with all the rest of the survivors. 
Yeah, he ends up throwing that body out the window and just giving it to the zombies, which Crazy. I can kind of understand, you know. But, I mean, I think that the gore effects are comparable to something like Fultzy, you know, or Argeno. You know, they had really, really bright contrasting reds when it came to their the blood that they used. And especially in the zombie and cannibal movies, like the gore effects, I mean, they're very realistic, although less colorful in Cannibal Holocaust. You oh, know. yeah. But here, I mean, it's very gushy, very meaty, and ugh, yeah, it's... It's almost like Day of the Dead quality, kind of. That's the way that I kind of see it. But anyway, Robert, what are your final thoughts on this movie? I would recommend buying it. Yeah. Watch, watch it. What do you think about... What, what, what else? I put it right in the category of Night of the Living Dead and all the other Romero films. Yeah, it's just, kind of up there. And I mean, also it's, so- it's its own thing. You can have fun with it, and, too. Cannibal and, Holocaust, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even with something like, you know, Return of the Living Dead yeah. or Dead Alive or The Dead Next Door. Or whatever trauma zombie movie they have. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Redneck Zombies. They have so many of them, too. They have they have quite a few. They have like Hobos versus Zombies or something. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds so incredible. They got a lot of stuff. Wow. But what what rating would you give this movie? Probably a four out of five, right? Four out of five. I would say that's where I would put it as well, four out of five. I mean, it's nothing that's really groundbreaking or anything like that, especially when it comes to zombie lore. I mean, it's it has more in common with the Blind Dead series from Spain. But, I mean, that that's a series for another podcast. But the zombies in that movie are more of the desiccated decaying corpse variety and you could tell that that had maybe a little bit of an influence on the italian zombies oh yeah like both Fultzy and bianca i mean it, it it's very obvious where the the influences here come from to me and it's definitely a unique film there's a lot of scenes that are incredibly memorable and yeah i would highly recommend watching this as well like definitely check this one out so anyway we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up now anything else you want to add no don't plug in nothing i'm good right on then so you can find us on facebook twitter instagram patreon you can find us on chill lover radio we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And be sure to look for our next episode of the main podcast, which will be our 420 episode, and we are doing Up in Smoke by Cheech and Chong. Great movie. I'm looking forward to it. Chaz Rab is going to be joining us, and it's going to be a great episode, right, Robert? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Talk about the whole series. Well, right on. Well, with that said, I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And this was Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. Have a good night, everybody, or day, or whatever. Night and day. Yeah. Laters.
Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.